Welcome to Grabbing the Brisket, guys. Hey, we have Malcolm Reed coming up in a few minutes. We're, we're trying to connect to him, but how freaking awesome is that, right? Well, it'll be awesome if he connects. Right. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it is something very cool. I am uh, super excited about this. Yeah, it's been uh, a long time coming. I mean, we've had this cat for a while. Yeah, we've had obviously the freeze. You know, uh, whenever it was last month, we we're supposed to happen. So, it'd be the first time we finally finally get together. You know. So. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Malcolm's one of those dudes that that I I kind of found early on in our competition career, just trying to find somebody that would would help share some knowledge on how to freaking do some ribs and, and chicken and, and brisket and stuff like that. And I know he had his line of rubs and stuff like that, and he was obviously selling it, but he did a phenomenal job of telling you how to do it, explaining it to where you, you, you understand. It. I mean, immediately you're like, Oh crap. Okay. I can do this. I mean, this yeah. is no big deal. Even if you're just like, I think back in the day I was like just rocking a Weber kettle. And I was like, so, and just learning how to do some of that stuff. Like, well, okay. Why? Well, I mean, I can cook a pork butt on my kettle. I right. I you know you had that 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 conception that misconception of like I have to have a big smoker to cook brisket or I have to have a big smoker to cook some pork butts and I mean you don't really need to do it I mean if you learn and you have like gentlemen like Malcolm Reed give you the tips and tricks and, and the how tos and provide some of the the seasonings and sauces that he does it it's almost like I'm not saying it's no brainer none of it's no brainer but I mean it, it's something that. It's, no, it's, he, it's pretty easy. It's not that it's no printer or whatever, but the way he explains it and the way that he goes about it, he's very personable, for one, right? And and when he's when he's talking, it, it's you feel like you're just like you know you feel like you're watching a video. and You're like it's so personal. You're like I can do that. Like this right. is he's he dumps it down for you. And he you're makes like, it he makes you believe you're yeah. in yourself yeah, this, yeah. immediately. This, guy, this yeah. guy is me. I know. Yeah. This right. is I mean. we're the same. Right. So yeah, I I found him early on. This was years and years ago, right? You know when he was. Um, putting these out, and I was thinking, man, this is a great video. And um, and some of the things he was talking about were things that we were already doing, yeah. you know, we're, on, we're on barbecue competitions, whatever else. But then at the same time, it was like looking around to see who's actually doing this. And he, this guy is like one of the first ones in my mind that pops into my head, like looking at some of these videos where like he was putting it all out there, right? It, where everybody else wanted to keep it to themselves. Yeah, tr- trying to learn how to do ribs. That was one of our biggest yeah. like downfalls like in competition. We just really couldn't nail down ribs and we can kill brisket all the time but ribs was something that just like was our like achilles heel that we can never that's it's one one ribs and chicken it, it, they alternated but it was our, our, our achilles heel that, that kept us from getting a grand champion mm-hmm. so and i know malcolm has a uh, a super awesome rib video out there um using his his seasonings and and sauces whatever i mean you can utilize what you have but the techniques are there you know the butter, the wrapping, the the glazing, and all that stuff like that. I mean, obviously, you know he he's been doing competition, so that that shows with him doing his videos. But super awesome to have him on. Yeah, I'm excited, dude. How's y'all's week been? Mine's been alright. Not bad. Yeah, just, just solid. You know, okay, just chilling. Not too bad. Not too bad. Good. I have a couple of gas stations I stop on. Got to be the worst gas stations, location wise, ever. Because depending on traffic, I can get to both of them or I can't. Gas stations? Yeah, on my commute home. Why do you go to gas stations? You're trying to get gas? To get a roadie. (laughs) To get beer. (laughs) Go to a gas station to get gas? (laughs) Come on, man. Damn. Is that what those are for? Right. I rode (laughs) the other uh, other day. I went to work. I was like, I got into the car, 
running late, of course. Fired it up. Gaslight comes on. Like, oh, F. Yeah, that's the worst. Then it says you got 25 miles to go. I'm like, it's fine. If I'm, already, if I'm already late, I don't even care. I, I just take my time. I can make it. <laughs> and so I get on the highway, and it's no traffic that early in the morning. So, and I just get up there and cruise, and, and the, the Dodge goes into eco mode. So, next thing you know, it's like pumping up like 20 to 30 miles a, a gallon. And all of a sudden, it went from like 25 to like you gained economy on this 29 <laughs> to 36. I was like, I'm just gaining gas. If I just keep this up, then I'm just going to have a full tank, right? So I get to work. I had more gas in my, according to the gauge, than when I started. I was like, man, I'm great. I can go another couple of days. And then you did. Yeah. And then I, that's one thing. Hey, knock on, knock on wood. That's one thing I've never done in my life is run out of I gas. I was just about to ask, when's yeah. the last time you've done it? I've, I've done, done it a couple of times in my life. I've definitely done it. Yeah. And some of it is just like, oh, I can make it, I can make it. But it's actually, I say that, that's never been the case. I've never, like, tried to almost put into a gas station. I knew I was going to run out of gas. Like, damn it. Well. When I was in college, my buddy, he had a he had a uh, car, and it would be full gas until you only had five miles left. And then the, the little needle would go bloop over there all the way down, and he had five miles to go. And we were driving from Texas to Louisiana. I forget where we were going. And we're on the highway, and sure enough, boop, that thing happens. We're like, oh, shit, when's the next gas station? And we're, like, waiting, waiting, and it's like, there's one, but it's, like, seven miles away or something. It's, like, just outside. We're like, oh, shit, this is going to be close. So we end up running out of gas, but there's enough hills there that he just pops in the neutral, and we just start <laughs> coasting up and down these hills. Like, and we're, There's a few parts on the, on the freeway where we're, like, going really slow, like, trying to get up the hill. Then we build the speed going back down. And we end up make, making the turn, cutting off, going to the gas station, all, all while the uh, engine's off. And we stop like 10 feet away from the pump. So we have to get out and just push, push the it, last yeah. 10 feet and get that thing over there. And fill so it when up. I had my, my uh, the truck I used to have, my Chevy, um, so the cluster, there's stuff that just started going out on it. Uh, the tachometer went out. Cool. I don't need that. You know what I mean? Speedometer went out. That was kind of tricky to get around. But that was the time where cell phones were starting to get advanced, and you could get you could I could actually put it up there, and I had GPS on there, so I could see how fast I was going. So that was my speedometer. But when that fuel fucking thing went out, dude. But but I always got into the habit to where when I would fill my truck up, I knew I could go like 420 miles on it on that tank. So I had to always fill my truck up, even if I was broke as fuck. Because like I don't want to run out of gas now. I'm walking by the gas fucking can that cost ten dollars at a gas station. You know what I mean? So I always had to fill my truck up because I knew how far I could go. I couldn't just go put fifteen dollars. I was like, I'm in no man's land at that point. Like right, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how far yeah, I can go. The, you're at the mercy of the yeah. truck now. <laughs> yeah, the truck owns you at that yeah, point. Exactly. Right? You don't yeah. own the truck. Right. Yeah, Jan had a problem with his uh, instrument panel at one point in time that uh, almost yeah got me got me almost, <laughs> almost to put me in jail. Throwing his ass in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I actually left uh, hanging out with you, drinking some beer, uh, watching watching football, and I left and got on one of the major highways or one of the major loops, and uh, I was it was starting to get kind of you know it was still still light outside, probably like six six thirty or so, and um, I started like I noticed my lights weren't working on my dash, so I, I hit the dash and then the lights came on and then hit the dash and lights went off and i'm like oh this is so weird i got a short somewhere so i hit the dash again and lights came on and then i'm driving a little further and i was like 
was like, why not just see if I can just maybe it'll just stay on. And I don't know how that works, whatever. But so I hit it again and lights went off and I hit it again and the lights did not come back on. And I'm like, oh, dang. So now I'm, I'm hitting the dash, hitting the dash and not watching the road anymore. I'm just right. watching the dash get pulled over. I'm, so I'm all over the, I'm weaving all over the road and like a freaking idiot. And the dude got out. He like, that, that cop, he, he, I know what he thought, but when he got to my window, he was already, he was yelling like at my bumper. But he got over the window and he was like, you're going to kill somebody. Like, I, whatever. I, I yelled back at him and we had words that we said to each other and it didn't go that well uh, for me doing that. <laughs> so I looked behind me. I had like four more cop cars behind me. I'm like, oh my God, this guy thinks I'm a lunatic probably. <laughs> so so this was an yeah. Easton Corbin song. Okay. What? Without the girl. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. This is don't yell at cops. Uh, just do what you're supposed to do. Give, give yeah. your stuff over. One of the greatest uh, things that I love about that story is like, they're like, you know, Mr. Moore, can you go ahead and step outside of the car? Oh yeah. And it yeah. Pulled over like on top of an overpass. And it was at that time, I think, it the uh, like a little northern just kind of blown in it was like it was super windy and it, the temperature probably dropped dropped down into like yeah i don't know the 40s well, i was or, wearing shorts right it went from like it went from like 75 77 to like 40 degrees outside it was a huge swing right and i'm, I'm standing with these a t-shirt and shorts on the overpass and it's cold fronts blowing in and it's cold and I told the guys, like, I had an old jacket in the back of the truck. I said, like, hey, you mind if I grab that jacket? And the guy's, no, nah, no, nah, you won't need it. And I'm like, no, nah, seriously, you mind if I grab that jacket? And he's like, no, no, you won't need it. Just just hang tight. And uh, that's when the, the the other guy came up, and he was like, real, real, like your buddy. You're, he's like, he's kind of like just real friendly. And like, hey, shake my hand. Hey, how are you? And, you know, talking about, like, how my night was and how his night was going and, and everything else. And then. Then he was like, he was, he was talking kind of fast, but he was like, so you're just, you're just hanging out with your brother. Huh? What's, what's your brother's name? And I, I told him, and he's like, so y'all had a couple of beers and a couple of shots just watching the game and stuff. And I was like, nah, man, I didn't I didn't have any shots. I just I just had a couple of beers, you know. I think, we, I think I had six beers. And the guy was like, six beers? And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's, we, we, we both had a bucket, you know. It's probably bu- legally drunk. A bucket of beers is six yeah. beers. We both had a bucket, so I had six beers. I mean, over and, a course of three hours. Right, right. So. Probably still legally drunk. Probably, probably. <laughs> All right, looks like um, our friend Malcolm is connecting. Oh, there it nice. is. Awesome. Hey, guys, sorry hey. about that, man. Yeah, what's up, man? Got. You're good. <laughs> I apologize. Hey, nothing nothing like a good, I mean, look, you're already, we know you're busy. You, you're doing a pot, you have a podcast, you're, you know what I mean? So we, Barbecue we, store. I think every day you probably run, starts running together when you're running like you are. Uh, I try, I, well, I try not to miss uh, appointments and I hate it when it happens, but sometimes, man, this one being at eight o'clock, I was, I was, I was actually in the bed watching some TV and my wife said, don't you have a podcast? And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it weird that I hear his voice and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a buddy of mine? Like, I've watched him oh, for yeah. so long right. on YouTube. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, hey, uh, Malcolm. Hey, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to to join us on the Grabbing the Brisket podcast. Um, how um, uh, we've been hearing about your your new store that just opened up just recently. Uh, how's that been going? It's been great, man. We, you know, uh, in person retail something new to us. We um, we ended up needing a building that had a little bit of a warehouse space and some offices. And I, you know, I'd always wanted a place to be able to have my own classes so I didn't have to rent 
a facility. So we found this building in our hometown and it had like a lobby and a conference room up front. And I said, we're not ever going to use that. Why don't we, uh, you know, we kicked around the idea of opening up just a little small storefront where local people could come and, you know, buy some of our stuff. And, uh, it's turned into a full blown man shop now. I mean, it's, <laughs> we've got all kinds of stuff in there and, and uh, you know, it's, it, and it's taken really well. We've got people from, you know, not just here in Hernando coming by, we've had people travel from all over and I've really been surprised how people have supported it. That is phenomenal. Well, you know what, to be honest with you, I am not surprised because we were talking about this earlier before, before we got you on here and kind of how, uh, really how personable you are and how you come across on, on the videos that you put out. And, and I was telling, uh, James here and John, uh, that, that thinking back on it, like you were like one of the only guys, you know, in the very, you know, years ago, like you put a video out, but you were, you're really putting that, that like, you know, this, how I, I, I can say how to barbecue, right. But you're putting a video out. Like it was very easy to understand and it very personable. And it was like, I can, I, I'm taking this, I can do this, you know, and, and whatever else. And even some of the things that you were doing, we may have been doing already. Uh, there were some things that blew my mind. I'm like, Jesus, this is a freaking phenomenal idea. Why am I not, why am I not cooking on this? Why am I not cooking it this way or anything else? And, uh, but yeah, I, so it doesn't surprise me that people are supporting it because right. you got a big following. Yeah, man. And it, it really is. It's uh, when we step back and look at it, the numbers are crazy. Cause you know, when I first started, I told Rochelle, I didn't think anybody would watch what we're doing. We started out with a newsletter and uh, you know, Rochelle kind of talked, my wife kind of talked me into doing it just because she heard me talking to my buddies all the time. And we talked barbecue and we kicked around ideas and, and we shared what we were learning back when I got started, uh, barbecue is real secretive. You know, people didn't give out a lot of tips or, you know, what was going on. There wasn't classes in the Internet. You know, we had some forums that we went to, but th there wasn't videos and there wasn't a lot of info out there. And so uh, we just kind of had the idea that we were going to start sharing. And that's kind of how it's went. And we just, for lack of not knowing how to do it any other way, that's that's why I do it the way I do it. It's just like I'm hanging out with my buddies out there. And it just happens to be a camera there recording. Right, right. Well, it it definitely shows, and, and and you're all right. That's I actually made the same comment you you just said that with you know, barbecue is you know for the comp competition world out there, nobody wants to say anything. Nobody wants to tell anybody what they're using or a method because you got to keep that edge, that one step up, right? And for you, you're like, and and, and we all saw that you were a big barbecue guy and 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 a comp a comp guy, but uh, you're you're giving out the tricks of the trade, and it was almost like is this too good to be true? Like we're in Texas right. and I'm, I'm writing this stuff down. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that, that was it, man. You know, and, and most of my stuff, I mean, that's, that was my background competition barbecue. Uh, I didn't know that I would be doing recipes and just cooking all kinds of cool stuff that I was into. I just kind of found my way into that because you can only cook comp barbecue so many times. <laughs> there's not, you know, there's not only so many recipes I can do doing the, those those four main meats that we do in KCBS, right. or you know, or either like like the IBCA stuff. That's that <laughs> you run out of ideas quick doing that. But when I started, <laughs> you know, just experimenting and trying new meats and different cuts and cooking them on different grills, that was the stuff that really started resonating with people. I think the backyard guy. Or the you know just the people that cook for fun on the weekends and stuff they're the ones that really got behind it and started watching it and started sharing it too and that's that's kind of what I, what I've built it around now is is just the the person that's into cooking and doing it at home not necessarily just comp stuff. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that that the masses are where you're definitely going to get your following at. But you mentioned trying different meats. I noticed you tried the other day the uh, the Beyond Burger. That looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that, I've been the, trying to think of something to do for April Fools, and I, so I, you know. There's no substitute for me. I don't care what people say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the video was hilarious. The outtakes video you did afterwards was even funnier. Hey, Malcolm, I want, I want to kind of get I'm back. Sorry, that stuff was, I'm sorry. That, that stuff was hard to get down, man. It was, it was probably <laughs> one of the first bites of barbecue, if you want to call it barbecue, that I've ever had. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, just getting back to kind of, you know, um, people sharing, you know, knowledge and stuff like that. You know, I was here, you know, it's, you know, the, the best the way to learn is to be the teacher sometimes, you know what I mean? Because not only you're instructing somebody, but sometimes you're figuring out, you know, different stuff that you didn't think about, you know, while you're actually in the process of doing something, man. So I always hear that, you know, teaching is sometimes a great way to learn as well. That's so true, man. I learn, um, you know, every, every time I'm doing a video, I learn something or try to take something away, but um, that really applies to when we, we've done classes and stuff in the past. Um, it, just the questions that people present you, you learn from those just by answering them and then trying different stuff. So uh, that's, you know, I 100% believe that you're, you can always learn. I don't think anybody knows everything there is to know about barbecue. I know I sure don't. And I'm always trying to learn. Yeah, it seems like you're navigating the social media world. Uh, like it, it, you're always on top and current. And now, I mean, we see you all over TikTok and uh, from, from, from my point of view, my stance, I mean, you're blowing up on TikTok. I mean, I've seen some of the, so the videos and, and recipes that you put out there. How do you like utilizing that format? Oh, the TikTok stuff, it's new to me and it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I told my <laughs> wife the other day that I'm having more fun with these than I do the YouTube videos. Cause I can really <laughs> cut up and just, you know, try some crazy stuff and yeah. stuff that I, you know, I feel like YouTube is kind of where I'm more serious, you know, showing people how to cook something. I want them to be able to take that recipe, get the same results I do. And on TikTok, it's not so much as sharing a recipe. It's just kind of like a, a quick 60 second insight to something I've got going on that could be, you know, and, I, and I'm really using it for ex experimentation. Like if a video hits, like we did one here a week or so ago, it was some stuff like uh, cheesy stuffed baked potatoes. I never would have thought that would have been a good YouTube video. Well, it's over like 4 million likes. Yeah. Or, you know, 4 million on views TikTok. On, on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to take that and turn that into a full blown recipe. I think people would like it if it's resonating like that. Yeah. So well, that's kind of how we're using that platform. It's, it's so weird. Like we, we had a steak video that we did, uh, you, uh, doing different binders. And I think we did a Mayo binder on a steak and it just blew up. It went like 1.5 million views, just like that. It, it's crazy how many people are on that platform. I never would have thought that, you know. Um, yeah. When I, you know, when I down, I first downloaded it, I would just flip through it, and there was a bunch of silly stuff, you know, mostly kids dancing and <laughs> lip syncing into songs <laughs> and things like that. But since, I mean, I've only been doing it since the first of the year. So just since then, uh, I don't know if it's the way their algorithm <laughs> sends me stuff, but yeah. the majority of it, the stuff that I'm seeing is food on mine, and it may yeah. just be because I'm a food guy. And that's what I, you know, like when I like videos. But it's it's crazy how many people have come to it that, and it's growing so fast. It is, yeah. I I, uh, I totally agree. When I first saw it, it was a, um, it, it was, uh, yeah. I would agree with you. Kids dancing or whatever else, and then, 
and then as you start liking things, you start seeing like what you like come up more and more often, whatever. Uh, but I, I was I was really skeptical in the beginning. I was like, this is you know in the beginning beginning there were so many things that were saying about it. Like this is a this is an app that's owned by another country. This is an app that. Uh, the, you, know, you know what I mean? I'm sure everybody heard all the stories about TikTok and, and whatever and how it was almost going to be banned at one point or or whatever. And I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not putting my information in that thing. I don't know anything about it. And then finally I was like, okay, I gotta, I'm just going to buy in. Everybody else is doing it. Might as well just fall in. But it's it's definitely a great social media yeah, We'll app. go down together. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the stance I took. I, you know, when I, I first – downloaded that app when it first came out, looked at it and was like, nah, I don't know about this. Then all the stuff came out. So I deleted it and told my son to get it off his phone, my wife to get it off hers. Yep. And now we're all on it. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I think Matt here, um, Matt, didn't you, um, didn't you stay up one night for several hours and not go to sleep on TikTok one night? <laughs> that that's more than one night okay well, how many hours did you stay up <laughs> oh god i don't know i've i've had sometimes where i'm up to like 4 a.m and right. i just can't sleep my family was like i gotta put this down it's like keeping me awake right 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 yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not into that that deep but uh matt matt came, he said one night or whatever he was like i got like two hours sleep before i had to go to work i'm like oh my goodness what were you thinking so no it's definitely it can be addictive for sure oh yeah i get caught up in it all the time <laughs> No doubt. Hey, Malcolm, sorry if we, we get kind of like there's five of us here, so you're hearing a bunch of different voices. You know that. So, so we, no got, we got a bunch of questions from listeners. Uh, we're going to fire a couple of them off at you. Uh, this was from our buddy Jimmy, uh, Border Banker Barbecue, and he just wanted to ask about what uh, when your first brisket cook was. Do you remember it and how it went? Uh, yeah, I actually do. So we were cooking at a contest. Um, man, I can't, I couldn't tell you the year. It had to be a long time ago. Probably, wow, probably 2004 or five, maybe. And we were cooking a contest called the Esperanza Bonanza in Marion, Arkansas. My cousin, I have got family over there. We, we came from the Memphis area, which we always cooked pork. So, we, you know, we knew we had shoulders and ribs down, but brisket was one of the categories. So my cousin, being from Arkansas, he said he can cook brisket. So he shows up with this brisket. He'd marinated for like two days and <laughs> he did all this crazy stuff to it. And, you know, uh, we, we got it on the grill and we smoked it. And I think, you know, back then the drinks were flowing pretty heavily. And we ended up, him and his wife got into it or something. And we came back the next morning and he was sleeping on the brisket wrapped up in foil on the trailer. Like she had took it out of the cooker and threw it at him in the middle of the night at some point. And so we get there. And we decided, well, we got to turn something in. So we took that brisket and put it back in the cooker, warmed it up, turned it in, and got a fourth place call. <laughs> and so that was Jesus. that was the first brisket that we ever cooked at a contest and turned in. That is holy smokes, and that's why you're Malcolm Reed, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to know how to finish, <laughs> right? Right. What's what's the saying in golf? You know, drive for show, putt for dough. Right. That's right. So, hey, I got a question here. This came from Bur- uh, Burley Boy Barbecue. Uh, he wants to know says. How many grills does Malcolm have? He seems to have a gang of them. Oh, man. Uh, last count here at the house was like 26. Oh, oh my God. God. I've got some scattered around at deer camp and at my folks and my brothers and barbecue trailers at other people's house. And 
if I had to put a number, it's well over 30. Wow. Good Lord. Just wow. all the grills. I got all yeah. the grills. I got all That's the grills. I, I thought all I had a lot. I have, I have all the of wife them. says I have a problem. I don't look <laughs> I love them all. They're right, right. I love them all equally. Yeah, doesn't sound like a problem to me. Yeah. All right, Malcolm, I got a question. This is uh, Wishing Well Barbecue. Uh, what did you do as a job before you took on barbecue as full, uh, full-time? And uh, how did you know barbecue, uh, how did you know it was going to be full-time for you? Well, it was kind of forced. I was in commercial construction doing uh, architecture work. Um, I ran um, a CAD station um, for a couple different companies, but as the recession hit, I guess back in 08, uh, construction took a dive in the Memphis area. And so I'd got laid off actually, and I called on with another firm and that lasted for about three years. And after another layoff, I was, I was doing competitive barbecue just as a hobby then. So I took, you know, what severance last, you know, a month's worth of pay and the savings I had. And me and Rochelle said, we're going to try to make a go of barbecue uh, full time uh, selling rubs and sauces. We only had the one rub at, at that time. And uh, hadn't looked back. I hadn't. I hadn't had a real job, I guess, in over twelve years now. <laughs> that is awesome. That's ballsy. The dream. That's super. That's a, yeah, that's a dream for yeah. sure. Uh, but man, that's that's that's, a, that's some guts right there for sure. It was. It was. It was. And it wasn't because I chose to. It's kind of I was forced to. It's one of those sink or swim type things. I had. We had enough money and savings to make it six months, and we were going to start delivering pizzas or something. So, right. <laughs> it, it was all by you know force. No, and that's that's a you know let me. For one, that's probably a great pusher for for anybody, right? If you just like, if you don't make it, you're not going to be able to, you know, survive. Keep or not be able to, yeah, yeah, keep yeah. the lights on. So you you got you got to do what you got to do at that point, and that, that's a great mentality. A lot of people should have really if doing anything in life. Really, if you think about it, I'm going to go tell is, my boss to lay me off right now. <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> Matt, hold on, Matt. He's hold already on. thinking about it, buddy. <laughs> hold on, Matt. Uh. Okay, we do have one more uh, one more question from a listener, and this is from Flip Smokehouse. I guess he's uh, he's been following you for a while, but he's on um, TikTok. He says, "Do you remember what the very first meat you cooked was and how it turned out?" That's going back a bit, I bet. Uh, yeah, that man. Whew. It had it was probably ribs, I would guess, and I'm sure it turned out horrible. There was back in the days <laughs> we were cooking. We were cooking on whatever grills we could find. Most of them were homemade jobs. <laughs> I remember one time specifically, we'd put just some whole whole spare ribs. Not you know they weren't cut down or anything. We had these two old old metal bathtubs that were kind of hinged together to where one drain was an exhaust when you on the bottom part, and the opposite end was a, another tub with a drain going up, and that was the, <laughs> the exhaust. Yeah, Holy crap. yeah. I think we we would end up cooking them for you know eight ten hours at like two hundred degrees if we were lucky, not knowing what we were doing, using no. Flavorama number five is the rub, and and if anybody ate them, you know that's bad for them. Usually we, we didn't care. We probably oh went to Waffle God. House or something. That's, it was more about the experience of just you know playing with fire and putting some smoke in the air than the food. Then when we were learning, and then it just you know got better as we went on. That is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, definitely barbecue. That's what I like about barbecue is everybody has a unique story or a unique time kind of getting into it and and learning it and and i love the fact that you're just like look we were just trying to play with fire and 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 cook some stuff it i mean generally for, for me in the very beginning it was like uh, we're drinking beer yeah let's light a fire for sure you know and then yeah let's put something on there who if it burns it burns I, we have beer we have fire <laughs> and what else do you need you know 
and then you, you keep you keep progressing so that's that's very cool you know and in, in the south where we're from barbecue is kind of a way of life i mean all of our family events in the summers would would end up being around barbecue so as a kid we, i mean we didn't take it for granted when people were you know the older guys were running the grills and pits and we'd running around playing and stuff but it's all i remember barbecue always being a, a part of my family just no one ever considered it a career right right yeah it's it, it definitely it's what they say is like if you uh, if you love what you do, you're not really working, or you're not. I mean, I don't know what's what's the saying there, but you're you're, close. you'll never work a day in your life, or I, I don't know, I don't know. But I we we talk about doing barbecue like full time and and opening up a like I, I thought it's like opening up like a little a little restaurant, you know, that's not very big that has some craft beer that has a little storefront, you know, that's kind of a a little little thing that we let's, always let's oh. just go work at malcolm's place i know right yeah. <laughs> let's just go work for malcolm there is. the commute yeah right <laughs> which kind of taking a, you know more of a leap of faith at that point you know you you say you were kind of forced into it you know would you have done it otherwise um you know i had had my i was making my rub for contests and, and that's kind of how i ended up bottling it was because as we were doing these contests, people would know that I was making some. So they would, you know, they would ask me to make them a pound here or there. And I would end up taking, you know, 10 pounds of seasoning with me to a contest to sell. So I kind of saw something there, but I didn't have a co-packer at the time. I was doing it kind of guerrilla style. I would mix, I had all the bowls out that we had in the kitchen on the, on the table and weighing out stuff and mixing them all up. And I could make three pounds at a time. That's the kind of equipment I was working with in my recipe. So once I figured out that, you know, it was, it was too much for me to mix up and sell to my buddies like that, that I needed to go to a co-packer, I kind of saw that, you know, there was some potential there. And so I started developing other products along the way too. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't something that was in the plan. I even believed in it. I, uh, my wife probably believed in me more than anything. It was just, you know, something I was doing. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be, gut-wrenching at some point like this is what we're gonna do you know and uh just just to continue and do it it, man that's awesome man that's awesome it really is there was a lot of days where you know we didn't we didn't know if it was gonna work or not and we when we we worked out of our home just me and my wife packing orders and sweating in the summers and freezing in the winters trying to you know send boxes out ups or fedex and it was that we saw it all you know we, we, we definitely built it from the ground up no, and, and, yeah. and you know, yeah. If you're not, I, I really firm believe it. Like if you're if you're not working for it, you know, it just shouldn't come that easy. I know some people have. I feel like they just, you know, they're very lucky and they have this. Like I don't know, I made a rub one day and they just sold the next day. And then I was thinking, I made, I went to a co-packer and they we made ten thousand pounds of it. And now we're in every store in America. You're like, how the hell are right. you that lucky? Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? And then. You know that doesn't happen. That that's not real. You know, the, nobody ever really sees the grind. Nobody sees the work uh, that yeah, goes into. You know, it. Yeah. and everybody everybody has this idea like, oh, I I would love to have this place, but just like it's not just go get a place and open up. There's a lot of work, a lot of groundwork has to be set. So, which it, it shows, right? I mean, you're 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 doing it now twelve years, and I'm I'm, I'm assuming each year gets better and better. So, um, how how many different seasonings and and different lines do you y'all have out right now? Wow, let's see. Just on the killer hogs, I know we have <clears throat> five seasonings and two sauces, and then a hot sauce and some pickles. And then um, I also started the Malcolm's line of seasonings, which aren't barbecue related. They're just more cooking, which was where my Cajun seasoning, the Mexican style seasoning, 
uh, the jerk seasoning, and I've got some sausage seasonings that I'm working on, and uh, you know I've got some more sauces in the work. So it's you know I've, we're 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 expanding as we go. I just you know I'm trying to do different stuff other than just straight up barbecue. So you know there's there's a ton of great rubs out there. It's hard just to keep putting out different rubs, but I think a lot of people are are into cooking outside with different you know different kinds of seasonings and things. So I kind of saw saw some mead there and it's, it's so far it's went pretty well nice so different like flavor profiles something you wouldn't normally see like maybe in a in a barbecue or in a or whatever but more of like more of cooking you know like a, a cajun culinary. cooking a culinary yeah. cooking or something like that yeah that, that's kind of was my take i mean you know all we all share a common interest in barbecue but we cook other stuff too that was that was my thinking i just i'm, I'm one of those guys that just likes to cook Nice. I cook outside as much as I can, but I also cook inside. And so that was where I saw, you know, some way for me to cross over into that was by coming up with some other stuff and sharing some of those recipes as well. Nice. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. So there's like thousands of guys and ladies out there that look up to you as like their their mentor in barbecue or, you know, who they, they learn that. to. No, that's true. <laughs> no, that's just true. Everybody I talk to online, they're like, oh, my God, you're getting Malcolm Reed on the show. <laughs> the goat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how they feel. So I'm just wondering, is there somebody, when you were first starting out, that was like your, I don't know, your Malcolm Reed, who you were looking up to or learning from? Yeah, or, mentor. Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. The, the first two that come to mind is Mike Mills and, and Mr. Pat Burke up there in, uh, in Murfreesboro, Illinois. And unfortunately, uh, Mr. Mike passed away last year, but uh, uh, Mr. Pat's still up there. And those those two guys were instrumental to barbecue, uh, where I'm from. I mean, that, that they kind of uh, took the Memphis and May world by storm back in the you know in the '80s when it was you know uh, new to everybody. And so those guys pathed the way for guys like me to to you know want want to be as good as them one day. And so. I had the pleasure to to kind of you know get to know them and build a relationship up with them over the years and uh, those you know those are, those are some of my barbecue heroes. Nice, that's awesome. Nice. So uh, some of our listeners they they probably get pissed off if we didn't like maybe ask <laughs> you a few questions about probably chicken ribs or and and brisket. Uh, maybe we can get a few tips and tricks from you. I know you have a pit ma- pit master class that you do. Is that a correct? Oh uh, yeah, we did well. You know, COVID kind of messed everything up last year, so we we're slowly working our way back into doing some classes. Um, we have, you know, we're we're having one this week, but it's going to be all on crawfish cooking. We're, we've got into the, you know, craw, uh, crawfish is something we always yeah. do. We we done them as fundraisers to raise money for our barbecue team, so we could pay for our entry fees and stuff. But uh, it's became so popular where we are, and I guess crawfish. Is pretty popular all over the south now yeah mm-hmm. don't stuck selling it but don't, uh, don't get really, jan started on crawfish because he's going to want to yeah. know all the secrets on how to do that <laughs> so so that's the first one we're doing and then we're gonna do, yeah we're definitely going to do some more we'll, we'll we'll mix in some comp stuff a, a lot of it'll be geared towards the backyard guy just because you know there's so many more people that cook in their backyard than go out and do comps yeah well, let me ask you this so uh, here in texas uh, brisket is king uh, we do competitions as well. We always struggle on pork and we do the IBCA and it's usually just pork ribs. And, and I know there, there are other contests that are, that are introducing other pork categories here. Any tips that you can share on maybe doing a pork butt that's something that we're not really familiar with doing pork butts down here. Anything you can share without, uh, having to pay that, uh, <laughs> the tuition, the tuition. 
<laughs> well, I mean, so when we do comp pork butts, we try to turn in um, the money muscle. Is the, I mean, I don't know if you guys do that in Texas, but that's one of the big ones that we turn in in uh, KCBS and in MBN. But we also, you know, we, we, we cook those different uh, muscle groups of the butt to where they're done. So that's kind of the challenge in cooking a butt because you've got that money muscle on the front end of it. And it's perfect around, you know, 190, 195 internal. Those other muscles haven't even haven't finished. They're done to eat, but they haven't let go. Uh, you know, the fat on the inside, they haven't rendered out fully. The meat's not as tender as it should be. So you got to keep cooking those. So we had to figure out a way to, to, to get the money muscles right with, without, you know, and still get the, the meat behind it done. Um, in those contests, KCBS, they actually let you take it off now. You can return, you can cut the money muscles off. You can return the rest of the butt to the to the pit and keep cooking it until it's tender. Um, what we've found, um, we just like to cook an extra butt. Like we know if we're going to have two money muscles we want, we'll cook two money muscle butts, and we don't use the rest of those. We cook two other butts that are for the rest of the meat in the box. So we go to a contest with four butts every time. Right. Uh, it's been something me and Waylon, my brother, have done ever since we've been cooking butts. Um, and, you know, of course, we, you know, we, we put a, our seasonings on them. We inject them up with a, 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 usually a pork injection. Like, I really like my buddy Heath Riles. It has some oh, yeah. good flavor to it. That's I've really good. Butcher's, butcher's pork injection. Cosmo's got a good one. Um, we'd add a little bit of make it meaty to it, just a tablespoon. Um, you know, that's just to give it a little boost in flavor but i like i like an injection that has a little if i'm using pork i want it to have some pork flavor yeah uh, yeah we we typically sweeten it up where we're from the sweet does better so instead of using just water uh to, to mix up the injection we'll we'll add uh, a good apple juice like marnelli's or mott's all natural something like that to give it some apple flavor and some sweetness and then we probably try to shoot at least eight, eight to 12 ounces in every butt. And we key on the areas that we know we want to get our meat from. So on a butt, it's, of course, it's the money muscles and the area right behind it where those good tubes are. And then back around the bone, kind of in the Y of the bone and then underneath on the backside. And, you know, those are really great muscles um, that, that can get really good and tender and you can still get some bark on them. Um, we cook our butts. We start them out smoking them with a little bit of hickory and a little bit of cherry wood. We get our color on them when they're about 150, 155. We typically wrap them up with a little brown sugar butter, a little you know spicy honey, something like that, much like a rib. And then we we finish those butts to whatever you know temperature we're going to. We'll put a probe in the money muscle butts and take it off when the money muscles hit about 195 and they're filling right. Then we'll throw them in a cambro and hold them. Uh, I like to hold mine for at least two hours before we're going to try to box them. So our you know our our butts. Uh, we, we typically go low and slow. We, we, that's just how I've always done things. I mean, I've cooked some hot and fast stuff, and it does work, but I'm a low and slow overnight guy. So we'll start others, you know, after midnight, and then hopefully they're done around 8.39, and we're holding them until time to build boxes. And, you know, if we had to push something, we got a little extra time built in there. Yep, yep. But that's, you know, that's pretty much how we get the meat done. Now, when we, when we take it out of the camera, we always work what we call work it. We unwrap it. We take the juice, the au jus off. It's cooked out. We catch that in a fat separator, get the fat off it, keep that dipping liquid. Uh, you know, if we, we, we always taste that liquid to see what it tastes like. If it has a really good flavor to it, which most of the time it does, it picks up some of the porkiness, but it's also got the sweetness and, you know, the richness from everything that cooks out of it. 
that's what we use to dip the meat back in before it goes in the box. Um, we'll, we'll apply a little bit more rub because, you know, when you wrap it, it kind of denatures the top of that bark. It's not as good a bark when you put the foil on it. Mm -hmm. So we'll put just a little bit of rub on it, get it back on the pit for about 10 minutes, and then we'll warm up our glaze, uh, paint that on the outside with the brush, and then throw a little bit of wood chips on there to give us a little smoke so it adheres to that sauce. You can really get some good smoke flavor there. And we'll let it glaze for about 20 minutes, and then we pull it off and start building our box. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut all that out and save that so our listeners don't get that, and our competitors won't hear that. We'll just save that for us, right? But right. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I was gonna ask you: Are you buying like a certain quality of pork for your pork buds, or is there certain brands you just go into the grocery store and grabbing something? Um, well, I've I've cooked it all. Um, here lately, we've been using. A lot of the Prairie Fresh, the natural line. Um, I really like those Allegiance pork butts. The Compact Duroc are some good ones. Um, you know, I, I really, I don't have one that I just stick with all the time. I kind of go with the money muscles are like. But one thing I've noticed is that I want a pork that's fresh and never froze. Um, when I cook, you can, and you've probably seen it before. If you, you get something from the grocery store that's that's thawed. Or, you know, if it was fresh, it never been froze, and then you put it in your freezer and freeze it. Well, when you thaw it out, all that moisture is left in there is the moisture that was in that meat. It, mm. it, it's not added ice or any water right. or anything like that that you put in there. You've As those ice crystals form in that meat, it breaks the protein strands down, and it lets all that good juice out of the cells. And so you can't, no amount of injection will save that. It just won't hold it anymore. So I've noticed that, that if you'll cook fresh meat, especially for comps, it makes all the difference in the world. It's harder to source, um, you know, sometimes. So we end up going multiple ways and then trying to find someone that could even ship it to us sometimes without freezing it. It's not an easy chore, but, uh, you know, luckily in the Memphis area, we have we have pretty good pork supply. Now, brisket, that's a whole other category. It's hard for us <laughs> to find brisket. So I've been cooking those um, A9 uh, Australians from the butcher shop in Pensacola, and they they do come froze, but, man, they are good. <laughs> But it's a different freeze. Like if you get it froze from the factory where they, you know, blast chill it, yeah, it doesn't nature the proteins as much. But at home, you just really don't have an easy way to do that in your in your freezer on your fridge or a deep freeze even. No, you're right. I, I've uh, you know I've heard it's two different ways uh, on the on the beef on the brisket. Um, I've heard some people say like I they they like buying. Even if, even if they get a brisket before they they go to for a comp, they'll take it and they'll throw it in the freezer and freeze it and then they'll pull it out like two days later to uh just so they can trim it yeah maybe, maybe so maybe maybe so they can trim it or whatever trim else. It but to make it trim it easier but, but, but they, they they feel like it's uh it breaks down the protein that they get a tender uh, a more tender brisket than they normally would have and i'm like i don't think so I like i have, I have never once meat. tried that i like it yeah it just sounds uh it, it, it sounds it funny to me, it changes the texture way too much. It just doesn't have as good a mouthfeel, and you don't get that natural moisture that should be in there. Yep, yep. <clears throat> no, that's it with any, any fresh meat. It's like cooking, you know, especially going hunting and coming back and, and having having fresh, you know, you know, uh, backstrap or anything else. You're like, man, this is so good. And then I have somebody go off and, and bring some tea they've had frozen in there in their freezer for a year it it tastes good but it's not right it doesn't taste yeah. the same as it did when you know or like fish I mean, oh yeah fish same immediately thing. 
Yeah, it's, I agree. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, one thing I have to say is uh, I, I know that you're everywhere. And, and the reason I know you're everywhere is because I saw a video of you do, at a crawfish. When a crawfish, it, maybe it was crawfish bowl, but a crab bowl or something going on. But the guy uh, Put that, that has, on a cracker dude? Yeah. What's, stale, stale cracker? Yeah. What's, okay, you're with him. I'm like, how are, how are you with, with him? Like, y'all, are, are y'all, y'all live in the same town, do y'all? No, no, he's actually from down in Louisiana, but uh, that's kind of a funny story. That was, you know, so we had a grand opening event um, for our shop um, here. I guess it was first of March, and um, my that was when we first got into TikTok. My son actually asked me if I'd saw this guy, so he comes up with his phone, showing me stale cracker, and he's like, "Dad, uh, you know," because we were doing some crawfish demos at our shop opening. And he's like, why don't you, you know, get, you think you can get this guy to come? I said, I don't know that, you know, I don't know. I don't know this guy. He's on TikTok. You know, he's got 2 million followers. He, he's probably not even going to talk to me. So we shot him a message and uh, he's like, you got to talk to my agent. And I was like, agent? These TikTok guys got agents. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, we called his agent up, told him what he was doing. He said he might want to come down. And my son was, you know, really wanting to come hang out. All his buddies wanted to see him. So I was so I was like, yeah, man, come on and hang out with us. You, know, you don't have to cook anything if you don't want to. You can just come be a part of it. And I knew he was on TikTok, so we'd get a little content. Well, man, he, he shows up, and people just come out. I mean, all the kids and people, you know, want to see him, and he ends up putting on a show because, he's you know, he's cooking jambalaya in our jambalaya pots. That's what it was. You know, he's helping us out with the crawfish. And so we became friends, and, uh, you know, I've talked to him several times since then. He's you know, his, his, his thing is, you know, of course he's got the Cajun stick going on and it, it's, you know, he has fun with it. He's just, he's a cool dude. Yeah. You could tell it's kind of a, uh, you know, at least I thought it was kind of a stick or whatever else, but, uh, he does, he definitely, uh, he definitely catches the eye or whatever else, but I'm not going to lie. It threw me back. I was like, what in the hell is going, well, how do these two people know each other? First of all, <laughs> and then like, what is like, what is going on? Like I, it blew my mind for, to be honest, but I, in, in a good way, I was like, this is, this is yeah. so cool. Like I just need to start reaching out to people right now. And like, also if you ever want us to come hang out, we won't refer you to our agent. We'll just, <laughs> we'll be on like uh, just, on the next plane. Just talk to my people. And, uh, yeah, that's me. I was like, man, I'm doing something wrong. I don't have an agent. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's so cool. I'm going to tell my boss that, hey, hey, sorry, I can't talk. You need to talk to my agent. Sorry. So, <laughs> Yeah, call him. He'll 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 let me know when I'll be at work. So, so who who was it that had to actually uh, talk to the agent? I mean, at that point, like oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just got on the phone with him. I said, "Hey, man, you just kind of explain what we were doing." He said he'll run it by and see if he's interested in coming. So it just kind of worked out, I guess. He, I think he really didn't know what to expect. I think I, I mean, people like that, you got they're getting they're getting bombarded at all sure, angles for you sure, know, on yeah. public appearances and doing things like that. And, and his deal was, I mean, since it is kind of a character he's doing, he's real, you don't want anybody to know what his real job is. He's got, you know, he's, he's got a serious job. I can't disclose what it is. Yeah. He might just, you know, swear we wouldn't. So, but that's his whole thing. And I understand, you know, going in, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. So they were kind of, you know, a little just on guard at first, but when he hit town and, we went out to my favorite Mexican place and you know had some margaritas. It was all good. We had we we just became friends nice. at that point. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. So what about uh, let's switch gears over to chicken just a little bit. Uh, any tips, tricks, uh, whether you're doing competition or whether you're just cooking in the backyard uh, yeah. on on cooking a nice chicken? 
Well, what I found with chicken is, man, it does better. It does better at 300, 325 for me as far as getting that skin to where it bites through without you having to scrape all that fat off, all the stuff that people hate doing. And it just cooks better and cooks even. So I run my chicken. I like using pecan smoke for chicken. I love that flavor it gives it. And uh, I make sure the skin's really dry on whatever kind of piece of chicken I'm cooking, uh, whether it's for a contest or or, uh, or even at home. I'll, you'll see me take pepper towels and really dry the skin as much as I can. I mean, it, and I do inject. You know, like for comps, we inject our chicken. If I'm cooking at home, sometimes I'll inject it, but I still try to keep the skin dry. And then I usually put a little base coat of some kind of oil on it. Uh, here lately, I've been spraying a little duck fat. Uh, in comps, you know, we cook our chicken in butter, so that the butter kind of helps you get it broke down and stuff, and it helps the, it helps that skin, the fat underneath it, if there's some there, or you know, if you didn't scrape it all, or or if you didn't scrape it at all, when that when that butter, the fat, oh, heats up, it helps that render down, and it just gives you a, a better bite. So, you know, we we season it up uh, just like everybody. It gets some smoke, it gets some time in the in the butter bath, and then it gets dried out a little with some seasoning and glazed just like our pork and that's usually it's ready to go nice nice yeah love it like it's it's i think you were probably the one of the ones or somebody i know what watching the whole butter bath uh we watched a butter bath video and they was dropping some some chicken down in the uh i think myron mixon or or that was probably one of the first guys i saw do the butter bath like are you talking about the little the pans yeah, yeah. like the little um Cupcake muffin pan. Muffin yeah. pan. Yeah. 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 He always did them the round way, like in a round muffin pan. They kind of had a funny shape to them. He did really well with them, though. He yeah. was one of the first ones I saw doing it. No, he is. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I know he's doing, he's do, he does a bunch of classes and whatever. I don't see him out. You, you know, for a while you saw him everywhere, uh, Myron Mixon, but I just don't see him as much on the social, maybe on social media. Maybe, maybe that's yeah, why. He's not social media. Um, yeah, just yeah. not not seeing it. Or just COVID. COVID's ever, COVID's got everybody just like hunkered down just a little bit, and hopefully at the end of the year and and next year everything will get back to normal. We'll get back to to doing cookoffs and having fun. Um, yeah, I saw his son Michael posted. They just rolled into Atoka, Tennessee. They're getting ready for a big NBN contest there this weekend. Okay. Oh, nice. Fantastic. I would be there if I hadn't scheduled this daggum crawfish class. <laughs> so those guys are all tuning up for Memphis in May. Since we're going to get to cook Memphis in May this year, it's always you know good to get a few cooks in. And there, there hasn't been uh, many or any at all NBNs for yeah. us to practice on those judges that particular style. So I'm cooking ribs at Memphis in May. I'm kind of missing out on an opportunity to get, to get in front of some judges. But, but hopefully I can get one in before Memphis in May here. Heck, it's – five or six weeks away i've got a uh, i've got a, que- a question for you and if you don't want to answer it, if it's a competition question if you don't want to answer it, not a big deal um here in the ibca we've been seeing a lot of uh briskets that are um they're getting sauced right they're getting sauces right at the very end of the cook uh and maybe going right back onto the pit for a little bit a glaze you want to call it whatever else are you a big fan of the – or do y'all do the – in the KCBS, are y'all saucing the briskets at all? I don't like to eat them that way. I, you know, I hate a glaze on a brisket. But that – I think that came about because of KCBS cooking. And then KCBS started dipping down into the Texas area here several years ago. So they brought that sauced brisket to it. And I remember we were down in San Marcos. First time I ever cooked in Texas was a KCBS contest. 
uh, we were down there and uh, me and my brother sauced a brisket and everybody told us that there's no way you can you know, get away with that in Texas. And we got a 180 that day. It was the first nice. 180 in Texas I'd ever had with a sauce brisket. So it does work. Um, you know, I, I think okay, that style of barbecue, it's just, it seems like it's just getting sweeter and sweeter. And I think that's where that sauce comes in. It's not, it's not, you, you guys know, it's not traditional brisket at all. No. Yeah. I think a Texas brisket, I think a salt and pepper brisket. You know, you don't even really see a whole lot of other variants of that. Definitely no barbecue sauce on it. Right, right. Yeah, that was the whole, that was the whole thing. Like if, if you needed sauce, like if I handed you some brisket and you asked me where the sauce was, I might take the brisket from you at that point, you know, <laughs> that was the whole mentality that, and I think a lot of people had, and, um, and, and people have been saucing briskets here and off a lot of, a lot of bigger teams have started doing it for probably years now. Um, it's one thing that I have not really gotten behind only because it's one of those things that if, if I don't want to eat it that way at home, I don't want to serve it to somebody else that way. Now I get, you gotta, you gotta cook for the judges, right? So what do the judges want? I understand the whole mentality. Again, I just have a hard time mentally just just doing it. I, it's, it's, if, if I if I grab sauce and go towards a brisket, my hand starts to shake a little bit. I, I don't know why, you know. I'm telling you, it feels totally wrong to me too. It goes against everything that I want to do, but we do do it. And, right. I, and I will say this: the 180s that I've gotten brisket have all had sauce on them. There it is. Yeah, yeah. cooking for the judges. Yeah. <clears throat> now I do. Now I don't just go straight like a barbecue glaze, like I would pork or ribs. I always thin it with some of the drippings or some extra uh, beef broth or something like that. It's yep. almost like you know, fifty-fifty uh, uh, at least, maybe maybe seventy-five beef beef broth or drippings and sauce, just enough to give it to glaze a little. I mean, that's I've had better luck with that. Right. Right. No, and I I I, I realize that it's just. Again, it's something I ask, especially if I know that you're a barbecue guy, a comp guy. I, I usually ask that question, or I'll try to work it into the podcast somewhere because I just want to know if I'm crazy. That's all I want to know, right? That's yeah. why that's why psych, psychiatrists and psychologists, people that go to college for that, that's why they go into college to do that because they want to know how crazy they are. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know how crazy I am. Uh, speaking of questions, we always ask. Uh, we always ask folks about for a, a barbecue fail story. Do you have a barbecue fail story you can share with our listeners? Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of them. Most of them probably involve around fish, though. <laughs> there it is. There's, there's, I've had some bad experiences cooking, to, trying to cook tuna and salmon on a grill. Uh, I just, I'm not, I, I, I don't really care for those two a whole lot. I've had some that are good, you know, that that taste like a steak, but then I've had some that that I wouldn't feed to a cat, you know? <laughs> so that's been some of my biggest ones. As far as contest fails, we've had a bunch of those. I mean, there's been times where um, at, at Memphis in May, we're trying to rotate out our shoulders and we drop a whole rack of comp shoulders on the trailer floor. Oh, and, you know, you don't have a lot, you don't have, you, you guys know, you don't have extra meat at comp. So you, no. got to, you got to make something happen, whether you're scraping off, you know, trying to reset, <laughs> reset the park and wash it off and do the best you can. Five uh, second rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some of the you know probably one of the biggest fails in, in a contest yeah that's uh that's a big we've one. had our grease fires and you know pits go out things like that happen lose power and it's um you know there's when you've cooked as many as i have there's a bunch of failure that's for sure <laughs> hey you know uh i'll tell you something that's funny is especially in the, in the competition world you, you, you never have that that one piece i mean i'm sure everybody has this right you, you cook that one brisket that one piece of chicken rib or whatever it is 
and you know it's good, right? Like you, it, it hit every check mark on the list that you, were, you were going for, right? And you turn it in, and then you're like, you're so far down on the list that when, when you get your numbers back, you're like, how is this po- how how is this possible? Like, I know what I turned in, and you're 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 pandering a little. You're talking you're talking to other people, and you're trying other people's stuff. And you're like, okay, I well, I know I beat them, and I know I you know what I mean. But at the whole time, you're not thinking about the judge, right? You, you, you that's that's the key, I guess. But you, more more often than not, that happens to us in brisket category. We have you know we know we're cooking good briskets. We're cooking these you know a nines or Snake River you know farms. Wagyu brisket, so we know it's good meat, and when it, like you said, it checks all the boxes. It just makes your eyes roll back when you eat it, and then you end up, you know, twenty fifth out of thirty or something like that. <laughs> right? What, what did it do with my box? You know, that, they got the numbers wrong. Right. Something, right. something happened there. I know it wasn't that brisket. I, right. I, I know. I know. I know. I know our brisket's better than the guy that's in the top ten. We, he brought his over. Let us try it. It's like right, right, right. It, it, ha- it just that's part of it. Um, most of the time, uh, whenever we think we've got something like, like, you know, our brisket's on fire, it's a 180 that day, or we think it's perfect, um, that's going to be our lowest scoring category. I don't know what it is, <laughs> and it's the meat that we were, man, we don't know. We're just hung in there today. Those are the ones that get the calls. I don't know what it is, if it's just bad luck, if it's just how, how the barbecue gods look down on us. I don't know, but it's, it seems like that's how it rolls. No, I, I'm right there with you. We were, uh, we were cooking here in Pasadena, uh, Texas at a, uh, it's the it's an annual cook off that they the do rodeo. there. Yeah, the rodeo, Pasadena rodeo. There's, there's 160 plus teams out there, and I mean, it it, it got to be where it was. Um, I mean, we we were bringing DJs. We had live music going on. We had 500 people a night coming into our tent. At the same time, we had a competition team as well, right? So, um, but I remember sitting at, at the judge award show, and eh, you know. Um, but I remember seeing the George Ward show and I'm looking at James and we, we just got done with the, you know, turning and everything and they're calling out numbers and they're on brisket and they're going all the way down and at, they're at second place. And I turned to him and I'm like, dude, I'm so sick of that. We got to change the rub. We got to change something. Like, obviously it's not hitting. I don't know what the hell's going on. And the dude reads out like, you know, seven, five, nine. And I look over and I'm like, is that us? Did we get, <laughs> did we just get second place? And we're, of course we did. We jump up and I'm like, okay, leave the rub the way it is. We're not touching a thing, <laughs> you know. So it's it's one of those it's one of those things that you know I I don't know. It's, you love to it's a love hate relationship, I guess, or whatever. But um, we're always battling. We're yeah. battling somebody ourselves, the judges, the team. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I feel you. That's 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 the exact. And I guess it's just the way comp barbecue is. It's probably affects everybody like that it just feels like they're picking on you sometimes oh yeah oh yeah sure and you know uh just ask a question you know because a lot of people want to go to cook-offs to have fun they want to get go out there drink beer and stuff like that you know how 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 are you able to keep all that out of your tent i guess you could say and you know were you able to still have a party and still you know accommodate everybody and stuff like that well (laughs) We uh, we're, we've gotten old. That's how. <laughs> sure, fair enough. All, all the good time fair guys enough. at home, man. They're they're not hanging out anymore. They're, they're, <laughs> but no, when we first started, we were we were. You just described how our tent used to be. It was a, you know, we come from contests where the the, the Memphis and May style contest. Uh, every weekend, we were going in on. We would start on a Wednesday, loading in these, and we, you know, you'd party on Thursday night, party on Friday night. Hope you had enough energy on Saturday to make turn-ins. 
party Saturday night and go home on Sunday. There was none of, there was none of this just to show up on Friday, go hide in your trailer and then turn in and get out of town. You know, there was, there was, we didn't do it that way, but we learned over the years as, you know, of course, as the finances dwindled, things got more expensive guys dropped off the team that we couldn't, couldn't continue on with the party. So we got a little more serious and it's, you know, now it's just me, me and my wife and my brother and my son comes to contest when we do them. So we, We've kind of scaled down. I mean, I still, you know, I'm still gonna have me a cooler beer and some music going, but we're, we're you know, we we like to have a good time, and and but uh, you know, we're there to cook now instead of just have have the biggest party. Uh, uh, Malcolm, uh, out of all the grills you got, I, I know you got a lot. Uh, what is your favorite to cook on? What, what's your go to? What do you what do you go to as far as backyard grill? Uh, man, that's a tough one. I've got you know if I. I I get asked which if I had to pick one to keep, which one would that be? And that's an easy one. That's my old hickory CTO because if times get tough, I know I can set up shop and make some money with that thing, whether yeah. it's okay fundraising or whatever. But just favorite to cook on, <clears throat> it's probably going to be my stick burner, man. I've, I've been, uh, you know, my Jambo or this outlaw patio model that I've been cooking on because it's it's authentic, you know, it's authentic barbecue. I love, you know, managing the fire, adding the wood to it every, you know, hour. You put a small split on, controlling the vents, and I love the flavor that it gets. So it's, to me, it's, you know, it's 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 the closest thing to, to what authentic, you know, really really getting into being a pit master is all about. You know, it's not a set and forget any kind of by any stretch. Um, but I, I like cooking on my drums too, man. They they produce some good flavor. They're, you know. Uh, a drum drums probably as far as authentic barbecue taste goes that fat juice dripping on those coals that, you can't duplicate that on many pits no you're right you're right what would be the most challenging would it be the stick burner would be the most challenging trying to manage the fire um you know i wouldn't say the stick burner is the most challenging because to me the, the most challenging ones are those cheaper pits that don't that don't flow good yeah. Where you constantly have to tinker with them. Uh, of the ones I have, probably my most challenging is probably one of the first ones I ever had, just my standard old Weber kettle. And I'm not talking about just grilling. I'm talking like when you try to set it up for a two zone and, and you try to do long cooks where you're cooking a butt or cooking a brisket on a grill like that, where you really got to tinker with it and watch the fire and add coals as you go and keep the smoke right. You know, those those are a challenge. And that's what I, when people ask me when they get into barbecue, they, they want to know what what should they go get first? They don't know if they want to like it, but they're interested. I said, go get your Weber kettle, learn how to cook on that thing, and then decide if you want to move up which direction you want to go. Because if you can master that grill and cook, learn to grill, learn to barbecue, learn to low and slow cook, you can just about cook on anything. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I think we pretty much always say the Weber kettle is the most versatile as far as cooking anything. That's for sure. Yeah, the grill, grilling style, right? You're hot and fast. You can... Um, I, I mean, we even have the, uh, the vortex, uh, you, you have the vortex. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. A machine. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> yep. right. So we, we actually so drop, cool do, do what? There's so many cool accessories for that Weber too. You know, you can get the rotisserie for it. You can get the spacer to kind of turn it into a mini WSM. I mean, you can do, you know, they've got the slow and sear thing for it. You, you, know, you just think of all the stuff you can get for a Weber. Cause I mean, they've been around so long. It's, the reason why they're probably the number one grill they've, yeah. they've sold so many of them oh yeah the, the oh, pizza yeah. the pizza kettle did you say the pizza kettle no i've got the pizza kettle as well have, have you tried that out uh you know what a buddy of mine brought one over and it's actually at the shop i hadn't brought it home to try it but 
uh, I plan on it. Hey, I, I've, uh, I've, I've made the dough from scratch, uh, rolled it out, got the pizza kettle on. I've made some badass uh, pizzas uh, and, and literally cook them in like a minute and a half. You're cooking a pizza <laughs> in a minute and a half. It's phenomenal. Oh, that's cool. I've got to try it. I've got, I've got it at the shop. I just need to bring it home. Yeah, let us know. We'll give you some tips. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Hey, I always need tips. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, what's uh, what's next for you? you? You have the shop going on. You're starting to put on some classes. Um, anything you want to? Uh, the biggest thing on our horizon is Memphis in May. We're we're gonna go give it our best, and that's been one that that we've been chasing for wow, I guess since 2006. We've been on stage a bunch, but we've never walked away with you know total grand champion of it. So. One of the, before I retire, I want to get me a Memphis and May Grand Champion trophy. So we're we're uh, we've been doing a lot of you know rip, tuning up our rib recipe and getting things organized and ready. It's a big. I'm sure you guys have been to the the livestock show. Or you know how big yep. the Royal oh, yeah. is. But the Memphis and May is 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 that too. Um, it's going to be different this year with COVID rules and the way they're you know downsizing stuff and limiting people and have to wear masks and space out and all that crazy stuff, but. We're we're just excited to be able to cook, so that's that's the biggest thing that I have on my plate in the near future. That's nice, fantastic, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm uh we we're we have not been you know in I, ICBA you have the opportunity to cook at Memphis and May, but you have to you got to qualify right. So you got to have so many top. Uh, how, how does that work, guys? There's, you have so many top uh, finishes will allow you to go to they the finals for, yeah, I, for IBCA somehow, and then, yeah. but if you win, whatever you, you don't, you get a spot in Memphis and May. Is that, is that, is that right? I don't know exactly how it works. Then you got to qualify for some of those. Right. Right. So we're, we're, we're still trying to qualify. We're for waiting me. for our invite. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so. it's, if you ever get the opportunity, I highly recommend competing in it. It's a, it's a fun contest and the location of it right there, you know, on the banks of the river, right downtown Memphis, it's a beautiful spot. Nice. That sounds awesome. awesome. Yeah. Hey, Malcolm, hey, we definitely appreciate you coming on, and uh, uh, we're, we're so thankful and blessed to, to have you here. Um, please let uh, the listeners know where they can get a hold of you, where they can get a hold of your um, supplies, and, and where you're located. Maybe they can just drop in and see you. Sure. We're, we're How To BBQ Right on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. <laughs> How To Barbecue Right dot com. That's the that's the official website, but we're lo- we actually opened up a new shop here in Hernando, my hometown, Hernando, Mississippi. So if you're coming through, stop by. The address is 496 Whitfield Drive in Hernando. We'd love to, uh, you know, love to meet you. And we we get people from all over stopping in. I usually try to take the time out and talk to everybody that comes through. So it's a you know it's a lot of fun. It's a cool little. I, I call it the store for the cooking man. Yeah, there, there that's it awesome. Is. There it is. All right, let's load up in the truck and head that way. Yeah, we'll see you in about <laughs> 10 hours. <laughs> I'll ice down the beer. Y'all come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Malcolm. Hey, hey, we wish you the best of luck in Memphis and Maine. Without a doubt, Thank man. You guys. It's been a blast, man. Appreciate Thank you, sir. Have fun, man. Take Thank care, you. Bud. That was freaking awesome. I feel like I was talking oh, to like my oh, uncle so or my dad or something. It was like really because I just know. Yeah, I just know the voice. Like I've How heard about that brother? voice so much. No, not my brother. He don't know shit about barbecue. Uh, <laughs> okay, I hope he listens to this. <laughs> no, but he's like so familiar, right? Yeah, you just heard him so much. I love that. Right? Yeah, it's awesome, man. Very nice. That guy. dude's awesome too. Oh, dude. You- hey, 
You want to talk about James? I love James coming in here, coming in hot with these questions. Hey, do you have any um, pork uh, ideas or whatever else? And then Malcolm just breaks it down. And listen, guys. You don't care. You just got a competition. Yeah, you're step all by welcome. Step, right? Yeah, you take some notes in this one right here. All right, guys? I was taking notes as he was talking. John, so. may, John may cut a few of these things out. I don't know. So if, if you don't hear anything about pork talk and then you hear this. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we cut it out. No, no, no. That's going to be in there. But seriously, he's breaking it down, and I love the fact that he spent time doing that. So he, he didn't have to do that. Nah, one one of sorry. our greatest interviews, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was great. Like, yeah. Dude, it was Very great. Cool. Just knowledgeable, just personable, just in general. Just It was fucking great. Yeah. Well, he didn't use the F word, but yeah, yeah, it was. What do you think, Matt? I think if you're playing the uh, grabbing the brisket bingo game, you can check off the greatest uh, interview ever box. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we great. had Wee Man on. That was good too. It was good. It was good. Yeah, we've had we've we've had great barbecue people on whatever else. This was great. This was yeah. great. Yes. Are you talking this about talking great. about John cutting things out? It's like he's gonna be like, and then on the pork you put, and there's gonna be this random cut. It's like peanut butter, and then it's gonna continue <laughs> on like John just trying to throw everybody yeah. off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of these interviews, one of the one of these these shows that we do that that we'll probably get a little flack from some of the listeners. Like we want more. Right. Like you should have asked him this, or we wanted hey. to hear this. Uh, we need more of that. To, and I mean, we probably could have kept talking for like another. Oh, oh there's no hours. doubt about it. Yeah. There is no doubt. Hey, about I put it out there on all of our social medias. If you have yeah. a question, I will ask. And I asked as yeah. many questions as we got, pretty much. And we even went live earlier. So yeah, yeah. we did go live. But here's something else. Number one rule: just leave them wanting more, anyways. Right. Yeah. 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 So if you didn't hear what you wanted to hear. That's because I cut that part out, and it's on our Patreon. Go sign up. <laughs> Boom, there it is. <laughs> so for the for the folks that uh, Malcolm had already said, go go check out howtobarbecuewrite.com. Go check out the the social medias. They're all the same as far as how to barbecue right. A lot of YouTube channel, or a lot of YouTube videos that he has on his channel. Very like uh, easy how to follow instruction videos on all things. Um, yep, and that that Malcolm barbecue. Reed and Heath Rouse video that is yeah. a. Badass. That's yeah. that rib, uh, rib game changer right that's there. That's right. That's a rib game sure. changer right there. Nice. Not to guarantee you, man. You can go all the way to grabbingthebrisket.com and you can find all the same stuff, all the same content, guys. Go to it. Man, go check out, you know, Malcolm Reed stuff, Heath Ryle stuff, man. That shit was, that's just the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. So, but if you want to, go buy some merchandise. I need a new shirt. So, mm hmm. There you Ain't go. That right. Ain't that right? There that's it is. A, that's there a, it is. That's yeah. a solid one. Grabthebrisket.com. Yeah. And then uh, we, we're having a contest, uh, having a giveaway. Sucklebusters is nice enough to send out a yes. couple of rubs for listeners that are providing us with barbecue wins and barbecue fails. Yeah. So, people that's out right. there, if you, you got to contribute, you got to pay. You got to play to pay. Wait, you got to play, play, play to win. You got to play to win. Exactly. <laughs> but do we have a barbecue winter fail we want to share for this one? No, we're going to save that for our bonus. We use Malcolm's. Ah, okay. We did yeah. the bonus earlier. Love. All right. All right. We appreciate it. Hey, Thank love you. talking barbecue with you guys. Yep. Peace. Later. Thanks, everybody. We've been great. Dying it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. All right. We would like to give a special thanks to Fogo Premium Hardwood Lump Charcoal, Bonner's Fiesta Spices, Cooley Nation Custom Koozies, Cambro Manufacturing, Yeti Cooler, the Smoke Sheep Barbecue Newsletter, and Texas Brew Hopper. We appreciate their support. Y'all guys go check them out.